0: Our scripture reading from the day comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And verse 4 says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brother and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then then the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: The last few weeks we've been talking about spiritual formation. Um, using this working definition of conforming our lives and our hearts to Jesus for the good of the world. Um, and we're going to close up this series today by looking at Um, What a life looks like when we intentionally form our souls, what it means uh, to swim in the river of the kingdom of God. Um, When it comes to the conversation around practicing the way of Jesus, I love the imagery of the river, of swimming in a river. And in my family, rivers are a big deal to us. They are like sacred, wild places for us. Uh, when Daniel, my husband, is is like cooked, then uh, he goes to the river. Like it's it's just sort of a language. He'll come to me and be like, I need to go to the river. And I immediately know he is done. Like he is toast. He needs to go rest and refuel. Um in mine and Daniel's wishes, like should we um, pass away and someone else need to raise our kids, in that like document of wishes includes a section about how whoever is caring for our kids has to take our kids to the river. Like we don't care what river, but it just has to be part of their lives because um, for our kids, the river is this place where everything to them feels like it's going to be okay. It's been that way since they were tiny. Uh, Years ago, uh, right before we planted uh, Vineyard Springbrook, um, I was trying to figure out what the next step in my life was like and and where God wanted me to go and, and what was next. And the Holy Spirit gave me this picture of a river and of God asking me to jump in and to find the current in order to find him. Uh, We, the Micelles, are river people, not like the creepy, I mean, we're creepy in our own way, but like not um, your picture of river people, but we're river people because we love it. So I think when it comes to spiritual formation, to following Jesus, river imagery just works super well for me. Following Jesus means uh, learning how to swim in the river of the kingdom of God. It means learning how to swim in the mystery and the love and the grace of the God who is not just in inviting us to a boring life of just like sin management and heaven one day down the road, but of a kingdom renewal now and kingdom renewal in the future. Swimming in the river means accepting the invitation to partner with God in the great story of the renewal of all things, of healing and restoring all things for the good of the world. Uh, Aaron Nequist, whose book, The Eternal Current, has been a huge resource for us during this series. Uh, He gives a great picture of what swimming in the river looks like. He says this. He says, when we begin to grasp the nature of God's invitation and the amazing grace that makes it possible, then every part of our lives matters. We learn to forgive so that bitterness can't hold us back. We cultivate our God-given gifts so that they can be used to help the whole we soak in the scriptures to let God's story wash over us. Swimming in the river, it means finding a way to fully live into the invitation of the Father to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Uh, We learn to intentionally practice things like forgiveness and mission and benevolence and solitude, not to check boxes off of a list, but for something bigger and far more interesting than that. We learn to practice the way of Jesus because it makes us feel alive. And we believe that that is what we have to help put the world back together. My counselor has this phrase, um, I think she got from Brene Brown, um, and it's this phrase, done well. And so I'll come to her with something confusing or something I'm trying to work through. And a lot of times she'll ask me, what does done well look like here? Like when you, when you get to the end of this job, what does it look like to have done this well? Um, I think our verses today are part of Paul's answer uh, to that question. What does done well look like when it comes to swimming in the river of the kingdom of God? Uh, So we're going to look quickly at each verse that Chad just read and talk about them just for a little while, um, about what it has to show us about swimming in this river, about practicing the way of Jesus, about what those things look like uh, on the outside. Uh, So verse four, verse four says, always be joyful in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Um, This is an often quoted verse. It's a coffee cup verse, and I think it is an incredibly misapplied verse. Um, It is absolutely part of doing well um, in following Jesus and practicing the way of Jesus. I just think sometimes we misapply it. When we understand the big story of the kingdom of God uh, that we talk about all of the time at Springbrook, when we understand that big story of God's kingdom of his rule and reign in the world. The joy of the Lord is a completely different conversation than what I've heard most. Paul here is not the um, old lady in the church you may have grown up, uh, up in who responded to everything sad in the world with the reminder that you are supposed to be joyful always. That's not what he's doing. Um, I'm reading a book right now where the author tells the story of his father and his father lost his own father and his brother um, in a very short time period. And at both funerals, the author's father was told that he was not supposed to cry. The church people, the church people who were with him in his grief, uh, they, they, they they brought quoted verses like this one in Philippians 4 as if that was the message of them. Don't ever be sad because God told you not to because you're always supposed to be happy. That isn't uh, the message of Paul here at all, to swim in the river, to wake up to the true kingdom of God. Um, it does not mean that there is no sadness and only joy. Rather, it means that there is an undercurrent of joy in the knowledge that there is more to the story than what we see right in front of us. It doesn't mean that we will never be sad. It it means that we believe in redemption and we believe in renewal and we believe in hope upon hope and grace upon grace. It means that there is an undercurrent of joy to our sadness, to our trauma, to our despair, to our confusion. It means that uh, finding the current in the middle of the storm and then holding on for dear life. It also means getting to be part of a community who will bear our joy uh, when life seems too challenging to bear it alone. Uh, Eugene Peterson, when he translates this verse, uh, he translates it with the idea of reveling in and celebrating the Lord daily. That's how he talks about the joy of the Lord. That's something uh, that we revel in the Lord, that we celebrate him daily. Essentially what he's saying is daily on a regular basis, no matter what your life looks like, uh, bring yourself in front of the true story of the father, the work of the kingdom and the wild love that covers you no matter what life looks like in the moment love that makes room for joy and celebration as much as it does room for grief and loss and trauma and confusion and loneliness bringing ourselves in front of that kind of love that kind of story essentially paul is saying swim in the river always on the good days and the bad days and the wonderful and the terrible and the wild and the confusion it's not you're not allowed to be sad Instead, it's, there's a current of hope that doesn't necessarily take the sad away, but that exists always and forever, no matter what, and to quote Tolkien, is uh, working to make all of the sad become untrue. Verse five says this, it says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember that the Lord is coming soon. Uh, Chad talked about this some last week. If if you want a great sermon on community, go check out his sermon last week if you missed it. Um, I think one of the distinctives of swimming in the river, of being formed in the image of Jesus uh, for the good of others, is understanding verses like verse 5. Uh, I I read this verse, let everyone see that you're considering all you do. I read it in like 15 different translations and they all picked a different variety of words. In the NLT here, it's considerate. In other translations, it was gentle spirit or forbearance or graciousness or humility. Fairness was one. Um, The original Greek word here is epikes and epikes is essentially defined as reasonable. So all of these words work really well. What Paul is saying is that part of the fruit of swimming in the river, part of the fruit of a formed life is becoming a reasonable person. Uh, it sounds funny when you say it out loud, but it's actually kind of revolutionary. I love the way uh, Eugene Peterson quotes this verse again in the, in the message uh, version of the Bible. He says, make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. That's how he defines reasonableness. That's how he defines um, considerate, make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side working with them and not against them. This is powerful. I love this. What does it mean to swim in the river, to see the big story of the kingdom of God at work within us and all around us? It means learning reasonableness with others. It means having eyes to see how uh, to be for people and not against them. It sounds simple and almost small, but this is really, really, really hard to do because people sometimes do terrible things or things we completely and totally disagree with. And, And this feels especially true in a crazy season full of almost exclusively disagreement all around us. But Paul is telling us to swim in the current, to swim in the river means to find reasonableness within ourselves and with others. To find a way to both stand up for what is good and right, um, but to do it with a humility and a generosity of presence. This is hard, hard, hard stuff. It is kingdom work. Uh, Holy Spirit work. This is the work of the Spirit to find a way to fight for justice, to find a way to have boundaries and strongly held beliefs while making room for the hearts and the lives and the opinions of others. In my opinion, reasonableness is one of the things that makes Jesus the most revolutionary person in all of human history. The reasonableness, this reasonableness, a, a generosity of presence and spirit. These things, uh, they require deep wells of love and deep wells of forgiveness and deep wells of hope and mission and the work of the kingdom. Reasonableness, it it makes room. It, it is a soft place to land. It fights hard to not hold offense. Chad talked about that last week. He said holding offense against others is a cancer to our souls, to our churches, to our cities, to our communities. Uh, for me, one of the most difficult lessons in reasonableness has been this holding offense. It's essentially the lesson of forgiveness. There have been points in my life that have required great forgiveness from me and for me. And for me, deep forgiveness has only come through swimming in the river, through kingdom, the kingdom at work in my heart and in my life. It's only there that I have found the space to unclench my hands and learn how to forgive. And then it's never a one-time thing, forgiveness. And forgiveness is an every dang day thing. It's, it's this huge and holy work. It requires a daily practice of diving back into the r- river and remembering to forgive so that bitterness and offense uh, don't hold us back, to forgive to the point of reasonableness, of charitability, to forgive to the point of becoming gentle in spirit. It sounds simple, but becoming reasonable to the point of revolutionary is hard and holy work. But it's our work. Verse 6, I'm going to put verse 6 and 7 together. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Um, I think some of y'all may have shown up just for this part today. Uh, Swimming in the river means waking up to the peace of Jesus, learning to swim in the peace of Jesus who guards our hearts and our minds. Uh, There's nothing like a global pandemic to uh, help you throw in the towel on your fight against worry, right? So many of us are there. If you are consumed by worry at this point, uh, you are not alone. Worry, uh, fret, anxiety, these, these are parts of life for so many people. Uh, I read a statistic uh, this week that 31% of all Americans deal with anxiety disorders, and the numbers are growing rapidly yearly. Anxiety, it is perfectly normal, and I would also argue Paul is telling us that there is a better way that there's a better way, that a a formed life has more to offer than anxiety, that part of swimming in the river means learning how to become free of worry or at least learning how to battle it. If you are full of worry, you know this, right? It feels terrible. Worry and fret and fear, they are uh, anxiety. They are at times debilitating and they are almost always soul-stealing. Like, we know this, we experience, and we hope that there has to be a better way. Part of swimming in the river, part of practicing uh, the way of Jesus means uh, a formation within us that allows us to become a non-anxious presence into the world. If you look at the dozens of stories in the Bible of Jesus' disciples coming to him and they're freaking out over something, worried and anxious and fretting about one thing or another, Jesus always presents himself the same way with peace, with hope, as a non-anxious presence in the middle of what is quite liter- often literally a storm. I think this is an incredibly important part of our formation, learning how to be a non-anxious presence, learning how uh, to be in it and learning how to uh, become it. This, there, uh, that, that's a huge distinction, learning how to um, sit in non-anxious presence and then also learning how to bring it into the world. This is something I'm waking up to in my own life Uh, the reality of how much I worry and how much anxiety I carry uh, but also waking up to the reality of how much I pass along that I don't just carry it I also pass it along I'm waking up to this deep desire I want to show up in the lives and spaces of my family and friends and community as a non-anxious presence a non-anxious person. I think in these verses, Paul, he offers us a really clear and formational answer of how to combat our worry, and it's so simple that you might hate it or discredit it as I have plenty of times. How do we battle the fret and worry and anxious in our lives? I think Paul says, we swim in the river. We intentionally practice the presence of Jesus, who has no worry, who has no fret and who has no fear, we learn how to swim in the one place of zero anxiety. Part of swimming in the river of the kingdom is to break free uh, of what holds us back and holds us under, and for a lot of us, that's worry. Um, An intentional practice of bringing our fret to the presence of Jesus can, uh, with practice, I think, change the course of our lives. Uh, practically speaking, I do this in two ways. Um, I've talked about one quite a few times for me. One of the ways that I battle anxiety is silence. Uh, sometimes for me, silence looks like dumping every single thing I'm afraid about or worried about on the Lord until my two minute timer runs out. Uh, The second way I do it is a prayer called the examine. Uh, We've talked about and practiced even examine prayers um, for years here at Springbrook. Um, But if you want more information about that, there's two ways to do it. Um, One is uh, there's a resource list that was part of the email I sent or we will include the title of this book. But it's in this resource that we have for this series. And it's a book called Reimagining the Ignatian Examen. it's written by a Jesuit priest named Mark Thibodeau. It's awesome. Um, or email me and we'll have coffee and we'll talk about the exam and how I think it's life changing. Um, verse 8. Actually, we'll do 8 and 9 together. Verse 8 and 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you have learned and received from me, everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. The last point that Paul makes here about swimming in the river of God's kingdom is this. Don't stop swimming. Don't stop swimming. If you want to stay in the river, then keep on swimming. And that takes intention. We don't just accidentally swim. It takes intention. Paul says it like this. He says, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Fix them on the good stuff, the best stuff, the things of the kingdom. Fill your mind with things that are true and noble and reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, admirable. The best things, not the worst things. The the beautiful things, the things to praise, not the things to curse. And this is hard for us because I don't know if it's just Americans, but we have a flair for the dramatic. We, we, the contentious, the divisive. We, if you look at the last week, 10 days of, of presidential debates, the news is out of control and the memes are hilarious, but also out of control. Uh, we say we hate it, but we kind of love it. Right? I don't think that Paul is saying, don't watch political debates or don't ever see anything bad. I, I think he's, re- or, that makes us anxious or things like that. I think uh, he's reminding us that swimming in the river means intentionally filling our lives with practicing the ways of Jesus, doing it on purpose. We, we, we are not refueled by watching the news. We aren't. We refuel, we fill up, we renew our hearts and minds by turning it off. We don't refuel by Facebook, we refuel by turning it off because when there is space, when there is silence, we are reminded of what is good and right and true. Uh, If you watch the conversation with Father Doug uh, that happened two weeks ago, if not good Goodness, is it so good. Uh, You can find it uh, on our Vimeo page. It's it's amazing. But uh, Doug, he talked about how when we practice the way of Jesus, when we practice with intention the formation of our souls, we start to find that it, it becomes easier to tell where the darkness is, easier to see what is true, see what is honorable, see what is right. Some of us are struggling to know what is true because we're failing to create the space and the time to refuel and renew with the good stuff. And so we find ourselves unable to see dark from light, truth from lies, hope from despair. So turn off the news. Or Facebook, or whatever you in your life is full of the scary stuff and the de- the depressing stuff. Whatever uh, could possibly be lying to you. Your brain um, is not able to handle a twenty-four hour news cycle. We were not created that way. We have not evolved to that point. That that isn't where we are. Um, our bodies, our souls, our brains, our hearts—they need to be refueled and renewed in the quiet with the Father. So, take a day off. I promise the world will not implode because you did not watch the news or log to Facebook or whatever it is for you for a day or, or take an hour off every day, whatever it looks like, to carve out space. Uh, Sabbath, that's the big church word for it. Find out what is filling your life with the opposite of what Paul talked about um, and, and, and create the space to fix your eyes on the good stuff on purpose. So with that in mind, we're going to take a minute and do that exact thing. Um, We're going to take some time to swim in the river together. Uh, In that same conversation, Father Doug talked about the practice of reading the scriptures out loud. And so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to read. The lectionary today had uh, Psalm 23 as our psalm. And so I'm just going to read it through twice. It is a perfect psalm for today. So uh, I will read it through twice. And my hope is just sit and listen and absorb it. And maybe it will allow you to swim. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. When I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. I'm going to read it again, verses 1 to 5. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint me by anointing. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Um, we thank you for the river. We thank you. Um, for your kingdom your rule and your reign that is actively involved not only out in the world but in our own souls and our own hearts that is stirring us and growing us and forming us conforming us to your son for the good of the world and so um, I ask for um, ask for the wisdom and the courage uh, to create space in our own lives that we might do battle against the things that are blocking us from being formed, that are uh, actively destroying us, the courage to take a break um, from the things that rob us of the best stuff, Um, the courage to take a break and look inside ourselves at where um, our own offense is holding us back. And so we invite you, we ask you to join us in that quest. In your name we pray, amen.